Like me, and if you're an Italy fan, you're thankful for VAR. Uh, tonight we will be talking about Roma Udinese and we'll be previewing the Servet game. With me today, and tonight, I have two guests. I have James, how are you? Fine, thank you. And I have Joey, how are you? I'm good, how are you, Scott? I'm very well. Um, do you guys literally want to talk about the international break for a couple of minutes? Um, as we as it's just gone in, uh, both of you follow the Italian national team, and James, you quite follow the quite a lot of international football. Um, how lucky was Italy to get through against Ukraine? Well, I think um, on reflection, the foul at the end by Cristante wasn't a foul. Yeah, I think, I think it was. He pulled out. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. So that was the correct decision. And they I think they had the better of it. So and I think they were pretty convincing against uh North Macedonia. And what's interested me, I was thinking of this today actually, um, is the amount of chances Spalletti teams create. I'd almost forgotten. They just like create chances at will almost, you know. <laughs> and um uh obviously, you know, the the problem for Italy for quite a long while has been finding someone who can convert them, you know, chances, but um, having a out-and-out goal scorer. But nevertheless, I think, um, you know, uh, there's reasons to be optimistic, you know, going into um, next year with Spalletti at the helm. He was dealt a very extremely difficult situation to come mm. in a few weeks before, you know, two crucial qualifying games and then, you know, and then have two more after that and two more... Uh, this month it was a very difficult circumstance and i think he's done ever so well so uh um i think there's good reason for italy fans to be you know optimistic uh, whether that means retaining the uh the title is another matter but you know optimistic of a, a good showing you know joe you were quite nervous when you whatsapped me how did you feel afterwards? On on it was last Tuesday, wasn't it? Last Monday, yes. wasn't it? Yeah, Monday, last Monday. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel afterwards, Joey? Relieved. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we just you know made it through because it would have been embarrassing for the defending champions not to defend their title in the Euro. Um, I I think it's kind of a ridiculous rule where the defending champions don't go back. But but anyways. Uh, uh, I thought they, uh, I was like with well, James, I agree with James. I thought they played, the, they were the better of the teams. They created a lot of chances with Spalletti. Um, Spalletti shows that we have somebody as a coach who were in good hands. Uh, whether the roster's there or not, he can make a lot out of uh, maybe not as much as we hope for in terms of talent. Um, he created a lot, remember, with Roma, especially the third spell. He created a, a lot with Napoli, and we're seeing now for national teams. So we're still missing that out-and-out striker, although I do like what Raspadori does uh, for the team. I think he he's shown to be Italy's best striker right now because um, when, uh, what's his name, Scamacca came in, Spalletti was just yelling at him over and over. He just wasn't doing anything right, but... Overall, uh, we did well. I'm glad Crisante pulled out of that challenge, so it ended up working, and Italy are now through to the Euros. So, 
I joked this with Joey and I've joked this with James because I think are Italy in pot three, four, four. Oh, Scotland, Italy in the Euros, possibly. Maybe. But if you look at the pots, almost. And it's not just because Italy's in pot four, I'm not saying this, but pot four is almost like the second, well, I say the second strongest. They're based on the qualifying results. So you could argue they're, you know, they're, they're more accurate than ever, you know. But, um, you know, you look at the teams in pot four and there's quite, you know, some quite teams with pedigree. So I'm not sure, you know, but we'll, we'll find out on Saturday, you know. what. Oh, sort of God, yeah, the draw Saturday. Um yeah, the Euros in Germany next year. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, before yeah. before we go into yesterday's game, or said pre-pod, and me and Joey have talked about this player in the past, it's Chris Smallin. James, what's your take on this situation at the moment? It seems Jose's done a, come out publicly and said some stuff about him that he's not ready to play while he's still injured. Um, and I read reports that he could leave in January. Do you reckon Roma potentially could cut ties with him in January and go in another direction in the defence? Possibly. I don't know why this situation has come about because um, I think Mourinho's words were something along the lines was he doesn't know how to play through pain. Pain, Yeah, through the pain barrier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could argue, well, players shouldn't be... uh, playing through pain anyway you know pain's obviously a signal something's wrong so um but putting that aside it was a bit of a i interpret it as a little bit of a kind of um a little bit of an attack or maybe his sort of uh venting his frustration with uh, the situation but um obviously because it's left us very thin you know in defense we've had cristante playing there on occasions and um so, I mean, I think if if he doesn't play, I mean, if there's no sign of him playing this side of, you know, Christmas, then I think, um, yeah, I, th- I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know why. I mean, you know, he only renewed the contract in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, yeah, it was a two-year deal. Yeah, so I don't know why this situation has developed. And he started both... You know the games he started against Lernitana and Verona, so when he was fit to play. So I don't know why this situation has come about, but you know it, it does seem that he could be heading on the way out. Yeah, it could be coming to the Premier League. You never know, James. There has been interest, or there could be Saudi. Jerry, do you think we've talked about this on the pod quite a few times in the last month or two? Do you reckon it's going into that direction that we could, we potentially could have seen the end of, uh, as Louis Van Gaal called him, Mike Smallin, but Smaldini, do you reckon it's the end? Uh, it's heading that way, yes. Um, he wasn't able to play well through pain the first couple of games because I, I believe that he was injured the first two games against Salernitana and Verona. And you can kind of see on the pitch he just wasn't the same player. Um, and he doesn't seem to have, have a high pain tolerance, as Mourinho said. If you if you look at the other defender in Mancini, um, Mourinho actually stated that Mancini always plays pain or not. I, I, it's probably not serious, serious pain, but 
you know, he, I, I'm sure there's a few times where Mancini has been hurting and he still continues to play, whereas Smalling, it doesn't seem like he plays or even plays very well when he does play. So, uh, look, I feel bad for Smalling. I, I want him to continue Roma. He's been our best defender, undoubtedly. But if he cannot make the pitch, I mean, Roma need to find a replacement. They're already in desperate need of a replacement because of uh, Endika leaving for uh, the AFCON in January. Mm, yeah, for a month. That's right. So, And the status on Kambula <coughs> is still up in the air of when he's returning. So Roma are extremely thin at center back. It's a common problem, second year in a row. Uh, maybe even third, where they just don't have enough center backs. So we might be heading towards that direction if he doesn't play at all up until, like James said, up until Christmas. Because there's a busy schedule ahead. Isn't it seven or eight games in the next four to five weeks before the new year? Yeah, and it's our toughest schedule. We need everybody we can have. Yeah. Starting with Servette, Sassuolo, I think it is it Fiorentina, Sheriff, Bologna, then the two games against um, Juventus and Napoli. Juventus and Napoli, yeah. Then you still have Atalanta Milan coming up in January. In January right along with the Coppa Italia game against, uh, is it Cremonese? It Cremonese. is on the 3rd of January. 3rd of Jan, yeah. Oh, God, that's, a, that's a horrible last little. The only yeah. thing I would say is over the Christmas New Year holiday, the games are, there's just two games on yeah. Saturday the 23rd and Saturday the 30th of December. Yeah. So in that, in that kind of three-week window, we only play two or three games. So there will be, you know. It's not as, it's not as hectic as it has been before. Like if you like. As me well, there'll be no more midweek games. Yeah. In principle, I mean, unless you have to recover a game that's postponed yeah, yeah. between now and the end of the season because we're playing over the Christmas New Year holiday. Through, yeah. so. It's not as hectic as the schedule in England where they play on the 26th, the 30th, the 1st, and then maybe some games like right. on the 6th, yeah. which is the FA Cup third round, which is, um, oh, okay. right. which is yeah. a bit mental. Really heavy, yeah. yeah. Um, Shall we talk about yesterday's game? <laughs> Another... Another late show, late yeah, latest show. Three one against Udinese. Gianluca Mancini uh, scored for Roma. Florian Tovan for Udinese, and then two late goals from Paolo Dybala and Stefan Alcherari give Roma the three points and put them into fifth, um, which is not a bad result after the international break. Uh, James, I'll start with you. Then Joey afterwards. Another late one. Romans sort of were quite good in the first half, controlled it, gave away a stupid goal. Was a bit lax and a bit slow, but got the result in the end. What were your thoughts on the overall performance? Yeah, I think the first half was good, particularly, mm. as you said, coming back from the international break, two-week interval. I think the first half was good performance. Second half, you know, um, I remember the commentator on the broadcast I watched saying, can't really remember a clear cut chance Roma created in the second half until the the second goal by Dabala, which mm-hmm. was a very well engineered goal, you know, excellent flick by uh, assist by um Lukaku for that. And uh, the third goal as well, nicely made, set up by Bove and a great finish. So but I got the impression that 
it was still like maybe when considering, I mean, Wallace said afterwards that Udinese didn't play very well and, and that they were disappointed uh, with their performance. And um, I think maybe we shouldn't have had that much difficulty, you know, notwithstanding, you know, it was the first game after the, uh, the break. Um, and I just got the impression at the end of it that maybe that, okay, we're in fifth place now. As you said, we've got this very, you know, tough schedule coming up. I just got the impression that I don't know if we've, from the early part of the season when we were pretty poor and dropped a lot of those points, I'm not sure the improvement is good, is significant enough and fast enough to think that we could mount, we'll ever get in the top four positions by the end of the season. I just have this feeling that if we, you know, if we have this difficulty against teams like Udinese, um, and I know they've drawn a lot of games this season, but they're still at the lower part of the table. That um, that it, uh, I just don't get the feeling that we're gonna. And, and you know, and I think that a top four place is is up for grabs because you might say, yeah, Juventus and into a kind of locks really at the moment, but Napoli possibly, but we don't know. They've just had a change of coach and Milan look anything but convincing. Um, so, and of course Lazio are quite away, you know, they're way behind and uh, certainly in terms of positions anyway, and Atalanta are not, not particularly consistent this season. So um, you could say that, you know, there's a place available, at least one place available, but I just don't get the feeling that we're going to exploit it and that we're going to um, end up with a top four, you know, which was the target at the start of the season uh, with a top four finish. I just don't get the impression that we'll pick up. I still think that we'll have, I think Joe uh, Mourinho said after the game that, you know, we have highs and lows and, I just don't think we're going to be consistent enough to to get enough points to finish in the top four. Technically, James, you could still finish fifth and you get Champions League football next season with this lovely, lovely rebrand of European football we've got for next season, which me and Joey have waxed lyrical. If all the teams do well in Europe, Roma could finish fifth and be in the Champions League next season. It is a big if. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. It's in, yeah, I mean, we have to see how that develops. We'll know a lot more probably, I think, once the group stage finishes yeah. next month, we'll we'll be in a better position to see if that's, you know, going to be on the cards or not. But, um, yeah, that could be, you know, that, that could be a way into the chat. I think that's, you know, there's that and there's obviously the Europa League, yeah. which is going to be very difficult to win because particularly if you don't win your group, you then face like we did last season, a Champions League club, one of the third-place teams from the Champions League group. So, yeah, I just I just think via the, if you like, the conventional route, if you want to call it that, I, I'm, I, do, I just I'm not convinced that the improvement is is significant enough and is going to be fast enough to, uh, to um, finish in the top four. No, that's understandable. Uh, Joey, um what were your thoughts on yesterday's performance? And I think, I think all three of us are probably singing from the same hymn sheet. I reckon. 
Yeah, it was a good, maybe even a, a little wonderful if you take the overall scope of the game and you look at it. But what's agonizing is we have to, again, leave it late. Like the game is agonizing that way. We have a, we talked about this, Scott, where um, Roma had a just a poor, let's say, 15, 20 minutes, and we end up being leveled all the, on it. For the rest of the game, I found Roma were, were either in control, like James said in the first half, and we created chances, to even the second half, even if we didn't create much, I don't think Udinese did anything besides that header. And just those poor 15, 20 minutes left us at 1-1. And then, again, we needed a late showing from Dybala, which was uh, well, well-engineered from Bove to Asmoon to Lukaku, that wonderful assist, and then Al-Sharari. Uh, like Mourinho said, Roma needed to close this game sooner, and we need to do that against these teams. Uh, Udinese tie a lot. They beat Milan. I know they're a little frustrating to play, but we have a poor 15 minutes, and we see ourselves either down or leveled. And we always have to leave it late. We exert more energy. We have to go hard for 90 minutes. You know, if you close the game in the 60th minute, that 3-4-0, it's not really the case. You can relax a little bit. Um, it, it takes a, it makes a big difference uh, get, going down the stretch when you have a lot of tougher games and a lot of compact schedule. So um, I like the way Roma played most of the match. I mean, they didn't allow too much. It's just it's agonizing that we had to leave it late. But ultimately, I'm glad they got the job done and it was an important three points. Should we talk about the goal that was conceded? Who's at fault most there? Is it Evan and Dick or is it Spinazzola losing his man again? For me, it was uh, Spinazzola. I actually thought, though, um, and I, this might be, uh, uh, I might be on my own in this view, that actually it was a really good goal. It was, I mean, yeah. It was I, really- mean, I mean, obviously, Spinazzola, as you, you alluded to there, was you know has some responsibility. I don't think Ndika does, because there's no one behind him. So, um, you know, he has to get really, you know, the only danger is the player in front of him that he can see, and he doesn't make enough of a, you know, you could see he tried to bump the player to put him, maybe just, uh, maybe that he'd missed the header, but um, uh, he really has to get try and get goals, you know, get in front towards the closer to the ball than the opponent but the cross was excellent I mean it was really great trajectory really invited the header and I thought it was a I thought it was a really good goal actually um so I wouldn't be overly critical no it was a good ball in from uh it's Martin Piero the Argentine uh I want to say fullback or wing back or midfielder. Midfielder is a better play. Um he was at Middlesbrough, so he's come from there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bam, I'm, I am looking at him up up. Uh he went to Middlesbrough and uh in the summer for uh, just a couple of million euros, which is not bad. Um yeah, I <clears throat> Soda has has his like flaws defensively. Um he has lost his tracker of a man on more than one occasion do you think he may have just lost the flight of the ball and expected the defender to get it but there was no one there and then Florian Tovan who's I think was the smallest player on the pitch at the time got in and above him but it was a stupid goal to concede and <clears throat> yeah, you can't take those make those gambles really can you no, if you've got no. an opponent right in front of goal one on one with a goalkeeper you've got even if you know it comes to it that the 
that you know that uh, the, the player isn't able to get a clean contact on the ball. You've you've got to try and you know do more to um, put that player off. You know, make him miss. So uh, so I think it. You know, if he, if anyone's responsible, he was. But I wouldn't want to be overly critical. I think it was a, a great cross and yeah. a great header. Yeah, I just wanted to make the point. Um, I want to add on a, a substitute who came on and changed the game. Me and Joey have talked about him in the past. Um, Masada Rasmund came on after 60 minutes for Pellegrini. Pellegrini's first game back, I don't think he did the worst. I think he did okay. But Asmund, excuse me, changed the game again. I think it's his third home game in a row where he's completely changed the game. Um Lovely backhill, a second assist. It wasn't the assist, but the ball to Lukaku for the was for Tabala's goal was pretty good. And then he's got this free role. I don't think any of the Udinese players picked up. Um, I'll come to both of you, Joey. I'll start first, and James afterwards. But what was your thoughts on uh, Sadar Asman coming in and doing the job again? And safe to say, he's better than Aldor Shamarodov at the moment. Yeah, he's had a wonderful impact so far since uh, coming into the squad and after he dealt with that injury. Um, it's the second time in a row he's come off the bench um, in consecutive home games and provided a spark for us that we needed. I think um, for myself, he's climbing up the ranks um, in terms of the pecking order and he seems to be passing Bilotti. Yeah. Um, sort of looking this way and it looks the same to Mourinho. I think Mourinho is starting to prefer Asmund to him. Um, and Mourinho's comments yesterday was saying how he loved him as much of a player, except he's still missing something in the defensive phase, which I understand. But he seems to love his qualities, and it's really showing. I said it, Scott, again at the beginning of the season. I think he's a he's a pretty good um, Dybala replacement in terms of link-up play. I, I think he's very good at it. Um, he seems to have shown that quality, and again, he's... He, he did it very well uh, this game, and he's had such a great impact. And overall, I, I think it was a, a great sub to make. And it's funny, too, um, guys, that we we kind of looked at this. A lot of Roma fans looked at this deal, like saying, what what the hell did we do? We got Asmuna Summer. People were very critical. This was just before getting Lukaku. People were very, very critical of, of it. And right now, he's, he's, he's doing very well, and... Uh, it's a it's a loss not having him in Europa League, but at least he's uh, so far he's helping us in the league. So that's nice to see. He like the I don't know if James will um, vouch for this, but the commentator on yesterday's game on TNT Sports said the same thing that it looks like Asman has gone above Bellotti in the pecking order, which it seems to me also the downside is that he can't play in Europe, which is a massive shame because I think that would have been a good fit for him to prove his fitness because he, he he struggled with injury at Bayer Leverkusen and didn't get a, a, a run in last season. And I think he came to Rome when he was injured. But um, James, what's your thoughts on Asman recently? Again, came in to, after an hour and completely changed the game in a couple of passes for, for the assist, second assist for um, for Dybala's goal. Yeah, I think when you mentioned that it was at Leverkusen, I think he played in the semi-final in the second leg. Oh, I'll have to have a look Germany. at that. So I think he missed a chance uh, to 
would have tied the scores at 1-1 in the second half in that game. But, and, and there were people critical, you know, I was a bit, I was trying to be open-minded about it, but um, it's interesting, Joey says there about his um, link-up play, because one of the things that's really impressed me is how he he does fit well with the other players, you know, and I think that is, you know, he, um, his link-up play is very good, and I still, you know, remember him more than anything for that fantastic header against was it Lecce? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that brilliant cross by um, Zalewski, I think, and the fantastic world-class header planted it well beyond the goalkeeper that set up, obviously, in the end, managed to turn the game around. So, um, yeah, and it's funny that he uh, – and that shows you that, um, you know, he's not in the Europa League squad, at least for the this first part, for, uh, for the group stage, because – Bellotti was getting quite a much more of a look in this season compared to last season, and now that uh, and I suppose that was the reason why the thinking behind you know omitting Asmoon and including Bellotti in the Europa League squad list. Now whether that will change if all being well qualify for the knockout stage, uh, well, will one way or the other, whether it be a, a first or uh, second, yeah, or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not guaranteed but um uh whether you know i could well see that changing maybe and him being included in the yeah. second uh you know in the knockout phase so um but yeah he's um certainly uh yeah he's certainly impressed me i think he's i think he's impressed quite a lot of roma fans recently um i think he's got a bright future for roma in, in in this latter half of the season and going into 2024, I think it can be a, a right game changer in big games. Um, Shall we talk about the game on Thursday? Roma played it, play in Switzerland against FC Server, who <laughs> have done quite well recently in um, in the Swiss league. They're third, and I only realised this recently. Do you guys know who is 11th in the Swiss League at the moment? I have not seen, no. I would have to get not Grasshopper Zurich or someone. Didn't they beat Grasshopper Zurich at the weekend? Uh, Let me have a look. Uh, Yes. Yeah, 2-0. And they also beat the side who are just below them. They're a bit of a fallen giant and they've done well in Europe recently in the last few years. FC, young boys? No, young boys are second. It's um, it's Basel. Basel are doing oh. Ajax this season and absolutely really? struggling. It is surprising, yeah, because Basel have been a real force, haven't they, in Europe? And uh, I think they got to the Conference League semi-final last season. I think they lost narrowly to, to Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was a real uh, 50-50 second leg. That yeah, you know, could have gone either way. I think Fiorentina got a relatively late goal to reach the final. So um, that is a big surprise, yeah. yeah. Just, they're doing an Ajax this season. They're another fallen giant. They've only won three yeah. games all season. Um, but Serva a third. They're joint, actually, technically they're joint second with young boys on 28 points. FC Zurich a third, uh, a top and flying at the moment. I say flying, they're on 30 points. But they've yeah. beat FC Zurich recently. They won 2-0. They beat Sheriff in the in the Europa League, 2-1. They beat Basel, 4-1. And they beat Grasshoppers, 2-0 at the weekend. Um, 
I think this could be a tough game on Thursday. Yeah, it might be. Uh, they're actually on a roll, right? They've won, uh, what is it, like five, six straight, including the Europa League? Oh, let me have a look. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's around that. They haven't lost in uh, in quite some time. Drew against Servet. Servet? Can't play Servet, Scott. They drew against FC Sheriff in match day three, and since then they've won one, two, three, four, six in a row. In all comps, including the yeah, Swiss exactly. Cup on penalties. That's right. I think their actual last loss was against Roma uh, back when they lost 4-0 in the Olympico. Yeah, that's so, correct. Yeah, so their their form has been has been a lot better lately. And and uh, Mourinho touched upon uh, playing away games. Is, it, it definitely for Roma, it's not the same as playing home. They, they like uh, playing under the Corva. And um, so he jokingly said how they miss their, their mom and their, their nanas, their grandmothers, uh, I guess their food or whatever the case is. Uh, but he's right. We don't play well away. And um, this is going to be um, this, this is going to be a tough game because it's shown even against uh, when we played Sheriff the first game away, I thought we struggled at moments against a team that is, um, that is kind of poor this season. I think Sheriff has been pretty poor and, even though it was a way, we still struggled against them. So I, I don't expect anything different from Servette. I think it's going to be a, a tough, tough game. And uh, I, I don't know if Roma will be able to take it. Their waveform hasn't convinced me. Um, Scott, we, we talked about statistically, I think they're at four wins still on, what is it, 23 away games? I think it's up to four on 23. So um yeah, it it just doesn't convince me, and I I think it's going to be a tough game. James, do you echo us? I think it could be a tough game. Yeah, I didn't realise the away record was so poor. It's, it's very poor at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking also if you think back to the last two European campaigns in the knockout stage. Um, I think we only won one away game en route to both finals. We won at, at Vitesse Arnhem in the round of 16 in the uh, Conference League. We lost at Bodo Glimp and we drew at Leicester City. Then last season, we uh, lost at Salzburg, I think, in the playoff round of the Europa League. We drew at Real Sociedad. In the quarterfinal, we, uh, we drew... Drew Leverkusen. Drew Leverkusen and lost at final. Semi-final, lost at final. So one win in like eight games in those uh, uh, two competition. You know, it's um, pretty uh, yeah mediocre. So um, yeah, so uh, I also actually feel that this is going to be a tricky game, uh, and I'm not really sure what to expect because I was relatively confident going into the game against Slavia Prague after the the late win against Lecce and that performance was one of the worst under Mourinho I think even he said he was shocked he will he said I'll never forget that performance I choose also also it wiped out the head-to-head head-to-head yeah advantage we had over them you know we we played basically for three results in that game we had three results available we had a win a draw or a, a defeat by a single goal and we didn't get any of them no i i choose to forget about that performance because 
that was painful to watch. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I agree, that was one of the worst performances I've seen from Roma in Europe. I yeah, I mean, say, if, if you play again, like that against, you know, like in the Champions League, you're you get, looking at... Uh, oh, you get massacred. Yeah, exactly. You get so, um, badly. So, I mean, I mean, actually, if you think about it, it was only because Cristante did some pretty miraculous... And the player could have gone down and probably got a penalty kick. Uh, yeah, it could have been 3-0. Right, right near the end, easy. yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Um, so, this is, on the one hand, you, you know, it's... Uh, you can be a bit fearful, but of course, on the other hand, you can say, well, this is an opportunity to start to improve, you know, the away form. But, you know, there's no reason why shouldn't go there um, and, and and win the game. But I, yeah, I'm sort of agree that it's, um, I can't be confident. Uh, to me, I wouldn't be surprised any result, you know, home win, away win or draw. It could be all three, couldn't it, guys? <laughs> Honestly, it could be all three. Joey, wasn't the last, like, before the Sheriff game, wasn't Roma's last away win in all competitions was on Easter Saturday? Yeah, it was Torino. Torino. Yeah, we spoke about that. If James, if you didn't realize for the away record, our last, so we did a pod before uh, the win against Cagliari and the away win against Sheriff. Our last away win was, before those two, was Torino. That's why the record has been poor. We're we're talking last Easter. That that's how poor we've been s- <laughs> since. Well, the whole season ta- tailed off in Serie A last season, didn't it? When when we started getting inching closer and closer to the it's Europa League final, yeah. the, the performances across the board in 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 Serie A started to fall, didn't they? And uh, and that's obviously you know in the away games in particular, you probably suffer a bit more, you know. So, so it's not a surprise when you think about it, but just something I hadn't realised. But um, so yeah, I could be anything. But I mean, obviously, if you can play, if you can see an improvement on yesterday's perform on yesterday's performance, then you could think about winning the game, you yeah. know. But as ever, it will rest on the quality of the performance, creating the chances, taking them, and of course, you know, limiting. Well, I mean, I imagine it will be a sellout. You know, it'll be the big game in the group as far as Servet Geneva fans are concerned. And it'll be, and, and of course, if they win the game, I mean, there would, they'd only, they'd be on seven points, I think. So there'd be two points behind with one going into match day six. So they would still, you know, potentially, depending on how the results go on match day six, that they'd still be playing for, you know, um, possibly a Europa League knockout round, uh, playoff round place. Don't they? They they play Sheriff. Um, They play Slavia. Yeah, Slavia, yeah. And then, oh, sorry, Slavia plays Sheriff, sorry. So Uh, On Thursday, yeah. On Thursday, yeah, so, oh, God. So we're hoping for Sheriff to (laughs) take a draw at least in that game. Honestly, guys, I cannot see this. If uh, I've seen both Sheriff and... Slavia probably play Roma this season, and it's uh, safe to say the latter has been the, probably the better team to play Roma this season in in both games. I reckon, and they were quite. Un- well, Roma scored two goals quite early, and then the game was won. But the, in the second half, they played pretty well. But in the, and then in the the return leg in in the Czech Republic, they just decimated Roma, and it was just like night and day. Pressed high, won the ball high, and just it, it could have been any anything at that, at that. But 
there is a part of me that thinks oh, Roma could go to Switzerland and get something and just it'll be all it'll be all fine. But then there's just this little cynic in me. It's the football fan in me. We're all football fans. There's all this this little like one, two, three to five percent at the back of your mind thinking, nah we can't get anything out of this result, out of this trip, but no, anything could happen. It's just, um, but I am like, there's a little bit of it. And then there's like, yeah, Roma should be able to go to server and just like, do well, I think, well. I think, yeah, I agree. I think you're right because ultimately, you know, even if, you know, very few teams finish the group stage of any European competition with 18 points, you know, oh, six wins yeah. out of six. So, so if you lose one game like that, then, you know, that you can, you can say, okay, or I know the performance was particularly horrific, but you can say, okay, uh, but, you know, we won the other games and, uh, you know, we can move on from that. But, um, but and that's why this game is so key because you win this game, you keep the pressure on Slavia Prague. Because let's not forget to win the group and come second, there's a big difference. Firstly, you get bonus coefficient points and more uh, financial bonus for winning winning the group, and you don't have to play the playoff round in February. You go directly to the round because we like last season when we didn't win the group, we had that playoff against. Um, Rebel Salzburg. Yes, exactly. So th- there's a material difference between first and second. So, um, uh, so in that, you know, given the circumstances, I think it's reasonable to expect, you know, a, a, a positive performance. There's no reason why the performance shouldn't be positive and uh, shouldn't take the win, you know, on, on all things being equal. But, We'll have to see, but yeah. And well, Roma, sorry, sorry, Joe. Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to oh, interrupt. Yeah. I was just going to say, and Roma can't uh, sit back on very slender leads because uh, even Dybala made 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 the public aware and made sure that we know they know um, that they have to go and score a lot of goals. He said that in the interview because you can still pass Slavia even if they win their last two games just mere by goal difference. So we can sit back. We actually need huge results. So Roma cannot sit back on a one-goal lead and just defend it. They need to go there, show a good performance, and then come back home against Sheriff on the last game, show another good performance, and you never know. It, it's not technically in your hands, but even if Slavia don't slip up but win their games marginally and Roma are winning by three to four goals, um You'll be, you'll still become first. So they know the task at hands. But you guys said it best because this is the big, the big representation of Roma. You don't know which Roma you're going to get. They come up against Lecce. They have this miraculous comeback, two goals in injury time. You think, okay, they they turn the corner here. They go up against Slavia Praha three days later. It was one of the worst performances we've ever seen. So if they had a even even if they lost to Slavia and they had a better performance. I would have said I would have been more hopeful coming into this one because we had a pretty good performance against Udinese, even if they're not great. But we don't know what to expect against Servette. I can uh, I can see Roma winning, drawing, or losing. You can expect all three results from because you never know what Roma you're going to get on each week. And just but Mourinho, I mean, this is what he's paid to do. He's got to find a way to get these players to show up, especially away, play with uh, some sort of aggression play that you want the objective and go out there and 
They have to. They have more quality. They gotta show Servette and just just get get the result that we all expect them to get. You mentioned Paolo Dybala there. He was at fault for the goal yesterday, wasn't he, Jerry? He was yeah, at fault, but still, I mean, when there was when there's just Tove in the box and there's an Endika and Spinazzola, I don't know how he wasn't picked up. There's the great cross. I, I agree with James too. It was a lovely goal. It just. I don't know how there are two defenders and there's just Tovin and he wasn't marked. Yeah. Uh, between but both of them. Dybala did lose the ball for, he for the cross. He, he did. He admitted it too. He did. Yeah. And he, but he made but up, he for, made it. up for it. Yeah. With the, Spinazzola, Scott, does he make up for it if he makes a mistake? Uh, no. He no. Show, show it. So there's a, there's a deep thought in me that I don't think that Spinazzola will be at Roman that much longer. No, I don't think so either. Roma are plagued by these wing backs. We've t- we talked about it time and time again. Their worst quality in terms of department of position is wing back. It it is it is absolutely brutal how they get no production. The minute they got those those two three games of production, uh, we we're talking about this, Scott, and I don't know if you noticed this, James, but the the two three games that got just slightly better production from our wingbacks, we were scoring goals. We scored seven against Empoli. We scored four against Cagliari. Like we were starting to score some goals. Uh, just when they do not produce, we have a hard time scoring because it it is very hard. Obviously, always going through the middle, and you need wingbacks to help you perform. When you see DiMarco every week putting in a goal or an assist, and then you come to us and we can't put it every five, six games, it's a bit of a problem. And they just, they don't even provide those. Sorry, I'm ranting a little here, but they, <laughs> no, don't, it's fine. <laughs> they don't even provide, not even the assists. I find they slow down the attacks. Spinazzola, so many times we had numbers going forward. We had Udinese matched up either 3v3, 4v4, even we had them outnumbered. What did Spinazzola do? I remember one specific attack in the second half. He just cut back and then waited. And then everybody from Udinese came back. Like they, they, they're killing our attacks. And to, be, to be honest, he was playing probably against the quickest player in the league in Festia Bazele, who is the island international, who is absolutely rapid. Um, James, um, Jerry has something about Rasmus Christensen. He does not like him at all awful does nothing (laughs) yeah i I can't really disagree with that i don't think many (laughs) like when he came on at 3-1 yesterday he whatsapp me going going guess he's just come on guess he's just come on (laughs) Mm. yeah Um, i mean do you do you see christensen doing anything because besides that one header for el shirari's winner yeah. I, I he doesn't have anything offensively and even defensively, like you know, at least be good defensively. And that goal he gave up against uh, Inter, well, I was like, okay, well, he can't do it offensively, and now defensively, we know what Demarco's going to do, and he lets him cross the ball. I, I don't know. I don't think he's of Roma quality, and I don't think he should see the pitch very much. Yeah, and I think probably Mourinho probably thinks the same. I mean. You know, he's now reduced to sort of limited minutes, you know. So, injury permitting, I don't... I mean, I, I would like to see more of Zalewski. I still think Zalewski um, has got the makings of a good player. Um, you know, I've read criticism of Zalewski, but still think he, uh, you know, he, that player we saw, that wonderful player, 
in the spring of 2021 when he played, when he sort of burst, but made a breakthrough. I still think I'd much sooner see Zalewski than I would, uh, you know, I know that Zalewski, some people say he's really, you know, he's not really, a, uh, you know, he's quite weak defensively and so on, but uh, I like what he brings, you know, and uh, I still think about that great cross for, the equaliser against Lecce, you know, I mean, it was a, that's a cross that Christians, you know, he'll never, ever make, you know. That's true. And James, did you see his performances in the uh, international break? Uh, Zaleski, he's been turning the corner recently. Oh, no, I didn't notice that. He got a man of the match with two assists. Um, I think it was against Czech Republic or some, or, or yeah, something else. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he had about, I think it's three assists in two games with... Uh, with the man of the match during the international break. So he's was been it doing for the, um, Was it for the under-21s? No, no it would have been for the, the national team. Ah, yeah. They were in the playoffs. Because ah, when he, the last international break, I know we're going off on a tangent. That's, that's fine. When he playing for the under-21s? The Polish under twenty one. Yes, he was. And then this ah. time around, he got called back to the uh, national the main, team. The main team, yeah. Yeah. That's right, and he scored. Um, he um, he gave an assist to um, to Lewandowski. Actually, was one of them in wow. um, in a victory. He had two assists, and he was named uh, man of the match uh, against Latvia. It was two zero. Sorry, and then against Czech Republic, he had another assist, and the game ended one one. And he was highly rated. I don't know if he was a man of the match either, but he was uh, highly rated in that game as well. So he had two two yeah. good games, and hopefully we see him. Uh, and obviously, Lecce, what James said just before that, so. Hopefully we see him turning a corner. Yeah, um, that's wonderful news. Before we finish, what for both of you, what do you reckon his, his best position is? Ooh. Wing back, I think. Yeah. Left wing back? Yeah. Or like a left winger in a in a four three three, or is that too too high up? Well, I mean there's been lots of wing backs. Some of the great wing backs, I mean arguably possibly I don't know. Some people people might disagree. I've seen people describe Cafu as the best fullback oh. ever, and yet some people would say defensively Cafu wasn't partic- wasn't his strongest point, but uh, of his game. But nevertheless, he was still a world class fullback. So um, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not so sure. Yes, defensive ability is important, but that position is so critical, isn't it, in terms of getting forward, getting into those attacking positions, as has been said, and um, uh, getting quality passes and crosses into the penalty area. So I still think, and he's very mobile as well. And the other thing about him is his control. He's very good at dribbling, bringing the ball up, you know, um, forward, uh, exploiting space and then releasing a pass from the the midfield area or even combining and then uh, moving into a more advanced position. So I, I, I think his skill set is such that it enables him to play really anywhere on that flank. So I, I still think wing-back, he, that, that's where he should be utilised. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's better on the left. I think on the right, you have it covered with Karsdorp, Celik, <laughs> Rasmus Christensen uh, on the left. You can play Celik on the left. He's done it a few times. Uh, but yeah. then you've got Spinazzola, I think. 
I think it could be in, in the Middle East come January. And you've got Seleski on the left, who may, may have just turned the corner after a poor start to the season. I don't think, I think he got found out a couple of times against Inter. I don't know if you two would agree with me when Danzel Dumfries, uh, done him a couple of times and I think there was one other game Zaleski played at left wing back and he got done a couple of times but in the cameo performance he's had in the last couple of weeks he's done pretty well you guys have mentioned the Lecce performance his cross for the goal was just outstanding and the build up play he done the, the full back pretty well but he mem- remember he did have that controversy of the betting scandal also where his name got dragged in the mud mm-hmm. along with Al Shirari who Turned up once again as Roma's clutch player of 2023. Um, once again, he scores a very crucial goal. I think he's turning to be one of Roma's pivotal players um, in the Mourinho era. But I think them two could be your, your wing back slash wide midfielders for maybe a couple more years. Mm, could be. And if uh, Spinazzola does go to Saudi, I still think Roma will look for a replacement in January. I think they'll. Uh... They'll take the funds and invest, so we might see a new pairing. But if Seleski can continue performing performing like this, I, I think the spot could be given to him. Uh, really, I, I I still don't like his defensive game. I know it's like uh, James made a good point about Cafu. Um, I, think, I still think against top clubs, he's very weak. Um, the game against Milan, really, when he got bodied by Leao, just really showed it just... Oh. And then Dumfries against Inter, I think against those sides, it's it's hard to have him play in, in a wing-back role. I still prefer him, in, let's say, in Mourinho's 4-2-3-1 setup. Uh, I would prefer him on the left with some defensive coverage behind them as a left-back. Um, I think Seleski, as a, let's say, as a, like a wide midfielder, is very good at maybe coming back and tracking back, which is nice, but he's not the actual full-back to defend that side, yeah. so... I think I'd prefer him there, uh, but anywhere on that left side um, is probably his best bet. I think he's very uncomfortable on the right, and I know he started off as maybe an attacking midfielder, but I, I don't see him succeeding very well in, in central areas of the pitch. So uh, any of the spots on the wide left would be preferred, probably in the midfield more role, more than a winger, and then a little more advanced than a wing back. I think in the Primavera he did play as a number 10, but I don't think he'll be playing as a number 10 in this Roma. I, I don't see him in centrally, Scott. I don't, no. I don't know when he plays. I, I just can't see him centrally. That's um, um, that's the Bala's and the Pellegrini's role. And to an extent, maybe Hussam Auer's role. Exactly. If he just works more on getting those crosses in, I, I think it would just... It would just make him. It would make him such a great player. That's what he's missing is getting those accurate crosses. And Scott, we we spoke about a lot on the first. I think it was first two three weeks of the the new season, and we were laughing at the statistics that Roma had. Like what was it? Zero of ten accurate crosses. Yeah. In that Milan game, I think it was. Yeah, so, it was. Yeah. So it's just. Don't bring back memories, please don't. Right. <laughs> yeah, he needs to work. He needs to work on those because he's not an El Sharari type. He doesn't seem to be able. He can cut in, but he doesn't have that foot on him where he can curl it and score it himself. Like he, he's predicated on getting crosses in, and if he can just improve that aspect of his game, I think he can be a great player for Roma. Before we wrap up, 
What's your both thoughts on Al Sharari? He scored the third goal yesterday and he's been quite pivotal to Roma, I think, since his return from China. Uh, and I think since Mourinho has been in charge, I think he's been one of the, the super subs. Um, I don't know if you remember, James, does he remind you of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when, for Man United when he comes oh, off the that's bench? Good, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or Teddy Sheridan, but I know it's it's two different eras and that United team was just stacked. But this Roman team with Al Shirari, like I think he's just been so pivotal. I think he's vastly underrated. Um, and he's done well for the national team recently and scored in the game against North Macedonia. But he's like given a role for Roman and he'll do it. Like he'll play on the left as a left wing back. He'll play as one of the two behind the striker. He'll play out wide. He'll play as a striker, which, which he's done in the Europa League. But time after time after time, he'll score you a crucial, pivotal goal. Like he scored a goal against Monza. Scored, uh, I think he played a part in the may have been in the the second half against uh, Lecce. Evidently, the Rome derby was <laughs> a mismatch and it was just an absolute, I was going to say a shit show, but it, Rome had dominated but couldn't create anything. But then yesterday he comes on, does a job. I think he's just been the clutch player for Roma in 2023. Yeah, I think also because his goals tend to be quite... Um, aesthetically pleasing, oh, so God, quite yes. memorable. Yeah, you know those <laughs> curling shots into the corner behind the outstretched goalkeeper that we think of, so or or a fearsome shot or something. So, um, so yeah, he's a very good. I think his role is probably that of an alternate, you know, an alternate player, yeah. not necessarily a guaranteed starter, but he's definitely because of his talent and and his attitude. He seems to be quite. Happy, or seems to be happy in that role. You know, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be disgruntled at a lack of starting opportunities. So, you know, he's uh, he offers a lot. You know, for yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Jerry, do you echo those those thoughts? We 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 do show some love to the Pharaoh, to Mister Il Fadion, Mister Al Sharari. Oh, we definitely do, and. Uh... We've re- repeated ourselves saying as uh, well for me, anyways. That I I love him as a super sub. I think he's his best quality is coming off the bench as a starter. Not as much. I think he fades out of games. But you bring him on off the bench, he's always good at sealing games off. Uh, I mean, just even take back to Verona last season, where uh, when Bopato scored his first goal to give us the lead, what did El Sharari do? That amazing run. Yeah, exactly. And that amazing flick up over the keeper and then put it in the empty net. Like he, he's such a good player and knows how to finish in these sort of, uh, these sort of times really. And he does it late, which is wonderful. And like James says, how many times have we seen him curl the ball by the keeper? It's so aesthetically pleasing, definitely. Um, and I think it's his best role for Roma and it, I think it fits perfectly. Plus he's great that he fits both roles, right? You need him in attacking. Uh, sense if you ever switch to a four back because you're losing, he can provide you that. You need him even as a wing back. Uh, he mentioned at times that he he likes playing closer to goal, but with um, with Mourinho he doesn't. Well, I mean he still finds ways to score even if he's playing wing back. So uh, he's very versatile, and I think that's his best quality is coming off the bench and just has uh, such ice in his veins to really to kill off games or to score late for Roma. Such a, such a great player, and I'm glad we have him. 
Here, here. Um, guys, do you have anything else to add to this this near hour podcast we've uh, we've done this evening? Um, no. I mean, the 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 only thing I would say is the injury situation seems to be, uh, you know, uh, the infirmary seems to be, you know, emptying, and so hopefully that's that's going to be important as well with these games coming up. Really need Dybala in particular. Uh, and Lukaku um, uh, fit, fit, yeah, fit and firing, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could talk about Renato Sanchez, but uh, yeah, we could be here for another hour. And uh, oh, technically, I don't want to spend an hour talking about Renato Sanchez's injury record because I think we could be sending him back to PSG in January, and it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, Joey, do you have anything else to add? No, that's it. I'm just glad. James mentioned about the injuries are only two big question marks are Smalling and like you mentioned, Renato Sanchez. So if him too, if he doesn't, uh, he doesn't see the pitch, maybe they might really, maybe those rumors come true. And in January he's terminated and we look for replacement because you can have all the quality in the world, but if you can't be on the football pitch, you're no use for any team. Here, here. And as my laptop is running a bit low and I have to do an update, we will wrap up this podcast. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find all our previous 228 episodes on the uh, on the website. And you can follow us on all Apple Podcasts. Uh, not Apple Podcasts. Damn it, Scott. I always botch this. You can always find us on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, uh, Podbean, etc., etc. And if the rumors are true... Spotify Unwrapped is coming out on the 30th. And uh, and if you do like to listen to La Magicast and we are in your top listens, let us know. Um, James, thank you very much for joining me. Cheers. Jerry, thank you very much for joining me. Enjoy the rest of your day or afternoon. It's, it's, it's evening for me and James. It's nine o'clock in the evening, but Jerry, it's probably, what, four o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, it's four o'clock in the afternoon for me, but there's no sun and it looks like it should be the evening for me as well. So well, it's we're in that, complete, uh, that season. You were in complete pitch black. Um, it got dark about quarter to five this evening and I missed the rain. So it was quite it's already cool. pitch black here, Scott. That's a, that's a funny thing. It's nearly pitch black. Give it another 10, 15 minutes. It's pretty, pretty sad. Well, if the rumors are true, I think me and James could be getting snow in the two parts of the UK that we live in. Ooh. Oof. Good luck with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, Thursday. An <laughs> I'm an expert with it to handle. So uh, in Canada, but yeah, have fun. Uh, I particularly don't like the snow. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, hopefully you guys enjoy more than I do. Well, I'll be working from home. I'm not going into the office when it's that cold. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, uh, thank you both for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll be back Friday, Friday evening. Um, to talk about the game against server and to preview another wonderful away game for the weekend with Roman travel to Sassuolo. I hate, I hate playing Sassuolo. It's, okay. it's, it's a bogey team. All three of us will be thinking, oh, not again, not again. But no, we'll be back then. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the football, the midweek, Champions League, Europa League, Conference, wherever your team playing in the Football League, etc. Enjoy it. We'll be back Friday. Take care. Ciao. Ciao.